0: Thank you for tuning in to AnchorCast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on social media at Anchor Nights to get the latest updates about events, meetings, and uploads. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Boom, boom, it's Tuesday. Uh, We're in battle plans talking about the armor of God. We've been suiting up piece by piece and we're in part six um, and we're in Ephesians chapter six, verse 10. You know the deal. Join with us as we read it. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, last week we talked about the helmet of salvation and the week before that, we talked about the shield of faith and before that, the shoes of peace and before that, the brush plate of righteousness and before that, the belt of truth. And what do all these things have in common? I mean, they, they, I see that they're all defensive. They're all things that block the blows of the enemy. I mean, truth blocks lies, peace blocks fear, righteousness blocks sin. And as we read this, we get to the sword of the spirit. And finally, a weapon, right? We're out here fighting spiritual battles and we need a weapon. And although um, we don't see a lot of swords in modern times, right? I mean, it would be a little weird if you saw a dude walking down the street with a katana strapped to his back, right? But like, uh, we see swords a lot in movies, in TV shows, in documentaries. I mean, for centuries, swords were the primary weapon of choice for pirates and knights and a Roman soldier who was guarding a man named Paul who would write the book of Ephesians. And like the rest of the armor, a sword is defensive. I mean, it really is the first line of defense. Uh, in a fight, it protects you from the attacks of your enemy. If a, if a blow lands on your helmet or your breastplate, it's because it got past your sword and then it got past your shield, right? But, but a sword's also for offense. It's meant for attack, it was meant for some hack and slash, right? Um, but, but what is the sword of the spirit? It's not, a, it's not a literal sword that you inherit. It's not some magical wizard sword or a lightsaber like a Jedi Knight. Uh, Ephesians says, it's the sword of the spirit that is the word of God, the word of God. Now, what is the word of God? The, the word of God, is, it's the Bible, right? It's, it's God's word. And, and, and why is the word of God called a sword? And I think one reason is because the word of God, like a sword, has a sharp, piercing, cutting character. Like that's its quality. There's this passage in Hebrews 4, 12. It says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. See the word of God is is razor sharp and it has a sharp it's a sharp penetrating instrument. Right? It's able to discern and to divide and to distinguish between good and evil, light and darkness, truth and error, wisdom and folly, the flesh and the spirit. The word of God does that. I think some only focus on the words in the Bible it, only on the, on the text. And, and then I think some uh, overly focused on just the spiritual, but we need both. It's not either or, or, it's both and. See the writings in the Bible, they are God-breathed. They are ordained. They are anointed and they have life. There's an intimate connection between the word of God and the spirit of God. In 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is breathed out by God. See, the Spirit breathes out the scriptures and the scriptures are then profitable for teaching, for reproof, for concern, or for training in righteousness. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21 says, no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit authored this book. He forged this sword, because the word can, can cut through our hearts to show us how to live like Jesus. It shows us right from wrong. It shows us how to live according to God's will for our lives. And we can use this sword in defense, blocking the enemy's attacks. Jesus in the wilderness of temptation in Matthew uh, chapter four and also in Luke chapter four. Jesus goes into the wilderness. And he's filled with the spirit. He's anointed by the spirit. And he's driven into the wilderness by the spirit. And there he's tempted for 40 days and 40 nights by the devil himself. And when Satan, the adversary, when he comes against him, do you know how Jesus, who is the son of God, who is the word of God incarnate, do you know how Jesus fights the adversary? Don't miss this. He fights the adversary with the Bible. He quotes from the Old Testament three times. He says, it is written, it is written, it is written. See, Satan, he attacks with temptation. And Jesus, he parries the strike. He takes out his sword and he defends himself with the word of God. A psalmist said in Psalm 119 verse 11, your word I have treasured up in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's a defensive weapon, like a sword, and it helps protect us. And as we wield that sword in our hands, it protects our sincerity and our holiness and our peace, and it protects our righteousness. It protects our hope, the helmet of the hope of salvation that we looked at last week. All of it is protected and defended by the word of God, by the scriptures. And that's why we need this sword so much in our lives. And when we use the sword, we can also use it for offense. See, it's, a, it's an offensive weapon. It's used not only for defense, but it's also used for attack. So the idea here is not only that we defend ourselves against the enemy in spiritual battles, but that we advance against the enemy in spiritual battles, right? When we resist him, when we withstand him, when we advance against him so that Uh, as James says, if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. We are meant to send the devil in retreat. In spiritual battles in your life, you are meant to send the enemy in retreat. We're meant to deal with sin and evil and wickedness in our lives in such a way that it goes running scared. If you notice, The sword of the spirit is the only part of the armor listed in Ephesians that is for offense. I'm gonna tell you why. It's because the word of God is the only offense you need. The word of God is the only offense you need. It has power through the Holy Spirit. You can use it to take down the giants in your life. You can slay insecurity. You can cut through the doubts. You can run through fear, with the end of this sword, you can dismember piece by piece the fear that's plaguing your life. How can you take it up? How, how, the, the scripture says to take up the sword of the spirit. How do you do that? See, the word here in Ephesians, the Greek word when it says word of God, it's not the usual Greek word. It's not logos of God. It's the word rema. The scholars debate this, right? Sometimes these words are interchangeable, but there may be a slight nuance here that I think is important for us. A rhema is a spoken word. It's a word that's spoken in the moment. So the idea here is, is maybe the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, it's the word actually in use in the moment. If that's the case, if that's the case in the Bible is an armory of swords. And the idea is to use the whole treasury of God's word, the whole armory of God's word so that we have swords ready for the moment. It's still scripture, but it's scripture in action. It's scripture applied. It's scripture as it's spoken in the moment of temptation that is the sword. See, that's what I want for you. I want you to be able to do that. I want you to not just have a Bible on your shelf and say, "Oh, yes, I have the sword of the spirit," but I want you to have a Bible in your head, in your brain, in your heart in the moment you need it. But that takes some spiritual disciplines. It really does. I mean, what's what's the first step in order to do this? I think it's pretty obvious. You got to read it. You got to read your Bible. I mean, most of, the, most of us have some time to read it right now. <laughs> I mean, we, we do. So read it. But I'll tell you what, even without a global pandemic, you have the time to read it. I mean, you know how much time we spend on our phones, on social media, or on Netflix, right? I'm not, I'm not even saying you have to give that up. But eight to 12 minutes of Bible reading a day can get you through the whole Bible in a year. I'm not kidding. Eight to 12 minutes of Bible reading a day, eight to 12 minutes, will get you through the entire Bible in one year. I mean, you can read through the whole New Testament in just about 18 hours. I mean, if, if you've never read the Bible through, start there, read your New Testament. I mean, you can read the, through the entire Bible, the whole thing, Old Testament and New, in about 54 hours. You have time. Don't say you don't have the time. Don't lie to yourself. You have the time to read your Bible. And if you're not reading your Bible, you just don't want to read your Bible. And and if you don't want to read your Bible, then something's wrong with your heart. And I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to myself too. But I promise Just reading it daily will start giving you the insight. It'll start giving you the ammunition that you need to fight the spiritual battles going on in your life. And it becomes 100% more effective when you start memorizing scripture. Not just reading it, but it becomes so much more effective when you memorize it. I mean, this sounds old school, right? Right? It sounds like, oh, something you learned in Sunday school years ago. It's not something really talked about in, in the church today, memorizing scripture. Uh, and, and know that you have access to scripture at all times on your phones or tablets or your computers. I know it sounds old school, but see, God doesn't change. God is a God of old school and he's a God of new school. And trust me, when, when preparing for this message, this scripture uh, cut to my heart like a sword and it convinced me, that I need to be so much better at doing this. I mean, I already quoted this in Psalm 119, but this this really hit me. It said, your word I have hidden or stored up or treasured up. The idea is is someone piling up treasures. It says, your word I have hidden. Where? In my heart. Again, with memorizing scripture, the, the problem's not ability. The problem is motivation. I mean, anybody can memorize scripture, right? I mean, even if you have short-term memory loss, you can still work at it. You can still work at it. Anybody can memorize scripture. The problem for us is not ability, it's motivation. And let me ask you this. Don Whitney asked this in his great book on spiritual discipline. He says, how many verses do you think you can memorize if you were paid $10,000 for each verse? I mean, I bet, I bet you can knock out 10 or so quick, right? It's motivation. It's the motivation. But, but the word hidden in your heart is more valuable than money. I promise. It's more valuable than money. Why? Because when you have it memorized, you have it at the ready. When you have it memorized, you can utilize. Utilize it. Use the word of God. Use the sword of the Spirit. See, the word is powerful and effective whether you believe it or not, but it's not gonna be effective or powerful in your life unless you use it. See, some of us got this nice shiny sword but have never used it in battle. <laughs> in other words, y'all are you're getting attacked on all sides from the enemy, asking God, where are you? And you have a big, fat, unopened Bible sitting on the shelf with all the answers that you're looking for. Use it, open your Bible and use it. Put scripture in your heart so that if you're not near your Bible or your app on your phone, you can still use God's word in spiritual battles. You can't use God's word if you don't know God's word. You can't use God's word if you don't know God's word. Jesus in the wilderness He fended off the devil using only quoted scripture. Do you see that? He shows us that we can defeat the enemy with the words already spoken by God in this book. Jesus, as fully God, he could have defeated the devil in a number of ways, but he used it using the words that God already spoke. See, Jesus didn't stop and unroll his Torah to do it. He didn't didn't flip back in his Bible or Google it on his phone. He had the scripture in his heart at the ready for defense and for attack. I mean, what an incredible God that we have that equips us. Not only does he give us everything he needs, but he also shows us how to use it. Don't miss this. Don't miss out on the greatest tool that you have in your life and in your Christian walk. Grab a hold of this sword, this weapon, and learn how to use it. See, we're not going to be experts right off the bat. You've got to start with the basics as a beginner, right? Reading, reading this Bible, but then you work your way up to master. But even as a beginner, you are better with a little knowledge of the Bible than none at all. And my challenge to you is that you would dive in No matter where you are, if you've been a Christian for years or you're just getting started, open this Bible and just start reading. Start in the New Testament. Start somewhere. and Get a little bit of that God's Word deep buried into your heart. Store it like a treasure. Man, I think our minds are filled with so much junk. I've got so many facts about Tiger King and Joe Exotic. I I don't even need any of that junk in my head, but it's there. And how much more do I need things that will help me? Scripture stored in my in my brain, in my heart. You can do it. We can do it. And just like you, I'm I'm convicted of this. I need to put this and store it away in my heart so I can use it when I need it in those spiritual battles in my life and in those spiritual battles in your life. Let's pray together. God, we just thank you for another Tuesday, Lord. God, with everything going on in this world, I pray. Lord, that we would take this time to focus on you, to store up the word of the sword of the spirit in our hearts and in our minds, God. Lord, that we'd be able to do big things, Lord, with the words that you have spoken and with the truth that you have given us, God, with the weapon that you've given us. We give this all to you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray.